You're listening to episode 31 of the Kin Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Marcela Chamorro, your host. Now, I've been gone for a couple of weeks, nursing a pretty bad cold, and podcasting is an interesting space to be in because when you're sick and sounding very congested, recording an episode is just not something you can do. I could outline episodes, I could plan for what I wanted to talk about, I could really, really, really want to record an episode, but I just couldn't do it. And I didn't want to do that to you and your ears. So I'm finally back this week. And I'm going to make up for the two weeks that I missed by putting out three episodes this week. And today is the first of these three. So today I'm going to talk about something that's been kind of popping up all over the place for me lately. I open an email newsletter. The topic is being who you truly are. I open Instagram. There's poems about being who you truly are. I have a conversation with somebody and it's about being who you truly are. I feel like this topic is just everywhere. Even Netflix is recommending movies about this. I decided that I really wanted to dig deeper and talk a little bit about what it means to be who you really are, especially because I've been thinking about not just who I am, because I think I know who I am, but am I bringing who I am, my truest self, to my life, my relationships? And in this particular episode, I want to talk about our work. And I don't mean paid work, because that's not what I'm interested in. You can consider this about your paid work or unpaid work. But what I mean is, are you bringing your truest self to your life's work and that's what we're going to dig into in this episode 31 of the Kin Podcast. What do you say? Let's do it. You're listening to The Kin Show, where we explore the intricacies of the human heart, faith, relationships, spirituality, parenthood, and more. Celebrating our journeys as seekers. We believe in love, in giving more of it to every person we interact with and to ourselves. We believe in living with intention for our children, for our communities, and most importantly, for ourselves. We believe we are all one family, one kin, kindred spirits loved unconditionally by God. And we believe it's more important to actually know God than to just know about God. Seeker, writer, photographer, your host, Marcella Chamorro, shares perhaps way too many personal stories and asks you the right questions to help you uncover what's best for your life. This is not our practice life, so let's make the most of it. Are you ready to hear inspiring interviews and coffee table chats with Marcella? Grab a cup of coffee and prepare to transform your definition of your dream life. Here's your host, boy band lover and master of deep conversations, Marcella Chamorro. A few days ago, I was walking along here in my house and I live in a two-story house. And I looked over the railing to the first floor and I saw my five-year-old Juan Jose sitting in a chair, kind of laying in a chair, really, wearing some sunglasses that we had gotten as a gift at a birthday party. These sunglasses are in the shape of a star. And he was just chilling, laying there <laughs> with his blue star sunglasses on, staring up at the ceiling. And I couldn't help but, after not picking up my camera for months because of my HG, I was like, you know, I have to capture this moment. And I told him, don't move. And I ran over to my closet, grabbed my camera, 
And I promise not to drop it on him because it is a pretty large camera. And I took a photo of, of what he was doing, just chilling with his, his sunglasses on. And I couldn't help but think of that song by The Weeknd's like, I'm a bleep bleep star boy. And I thought it was so cute that he was just, you know, hanging out in whatever way, you know, felt good to him. And I, I post a photo of it on Instagram. If you follow me on Instagram, I'm Kin the Studio, because um, Kin is the podcast and the photography that I do. So I posted on Kin the Studio this caption of, you know, if there's one thing I want my kids to feel as they grow up, it's free. I tend to think I'm a great mom, but I'll consider myself a total failure if my kids grow up to think that they need to conform to the system to get by. Beautiful things happen when you step out of society's comfort zone to live a life that is true to your heart. And I've lived that experience myself, you know, side note, when I've put out books, you know, and and started a business and did public speaking and did things that were kind of, you know, out of the norm, I guess. And I can't wait for my kids to taste the little bit of like that bliss and joy that comes from being true to themselves. Is it scary to think about? Hell yes. But it's worth it 1,000 times over. And I wrote that on Instagram while thinking about Juan Jose chilling in his chair with his blue star sunglasses because I just thought that I always want my kids to, and it sounds silly because they're just sunglasses, right? But I want them to feel like they can be free to be their true selves forever. And a lot of the time, that kind of gets stripped away from us as we get older, right? There's this quote that I recently came across, because like I said, this stuff, this topic of being yourself has been hitting me in the face, like everywhere I turn. Turn this way, boom. Turn the other way, boom. It's everywhere. And I came across this quote today that says, it's by Catherine Drinker Bowen. She says, many a man who has known himself at 10 forgets himself utterly between 10 and 30. And isn't that true? You know, when I think back to myself at 10 years old, the times in my life where I felt unhappiest were when I drifted from that 10-year-old self. And of course, we all evolve and we all change as we grow older. That's natural and a very positive thing, just like when our interests change. But there's something about our essence at 10 that while it's not set in stone... It's very much already there. And piece by piece, we lose it over time because of what our instructors and teachers say, what our parents say, what our peers say, what the television and the media says. All of that stuff slowly strips away at our essence until we conform to what people want us to be. And I've lived it in my own life, right? So let me tell you a little bit about my journey with this. You know, in my short career, because I'm 33 and let's calculate that my career started at 22-ish or 21, it hasn't really been that long. I've done a little bit of everything. An office job, for example, where I had to drive to the same office every day. Then I started my own business and I set up my own office with my own employees and staff. Another time in my life, I worked from home and freelanced or consulted. At another period, I did public speaking, which I guess you can consider the different stages of my, uh, my office, one of which was in Europe, which was really cool. But, you know, I transition, I tend to, 
you know, transition every few years, it feels like. Sometimes I love that because of the freedom it allows me. And other times I get shamed for it. You know, other people make comments that make me wonder, is there something wrong with me? You know, I've left every good job I've had because it didn't feel right in my heart after a time. So I've stayed in my jobs until a point where they didn't feel right in my heart. And it's always been a Marcela problem, not an employer problem. Luckily, you know, I know horror stories about people and employers. And the truth is that I've never really worked anywhere that I hated. Um, and a lot of the time it's been really hard to leave because I tend to really enjoy the people that I work with. It's a very, very lucky situation to have. I, I am very grateful for it. But over the years, I keep getting pulled back in by my art, if you can call it art. You know, I love to write, to podcast, to take photographs of people in their, I guess you could say, in their joy. You know, a lot of uh, times you see photographs by photographers who specialize in like wedding photos or engagement photos because they're good at capturing people in love or newborn photos. My thing is more about joy. And that's why I gravitate so much toward photographing children, I think, because they're so fast to feel joy and to show you their joy. And that is so much fun for me to capture on camera and to then give to their parents and say, here's your bundle of joy having the time of their life frame this, keep it where you can see it, you know? But anyways, that's a tangent. And I keep getting pulled back in by my art. And I don't only transition in terms of what I do, but also what I do it about. All of this started in 2010 because I was blogging about social media and marketing. I started to blog uh, and covering things like what brands should do on Twitter when all of that was relatively new. Nowadays, I wouldn't touch that topic with a 10-foot pole, but back then, I never could have imagined that fast forward a decade, or almost a decade, I'd be podcasting about personal development and parenting and faith. Like, no way in hell, right? So we all change so dramatically. My mistake has been that every single time I've transitioned, I've kind of wiped out my audience and started all over again. So back in 2010... When I started blogging about social media marketing, and then I moved on to personal development, and then I kind of did some stuff about workouts, not like posting workouts, but how running impacted my creativity. And then I went into creativity and into entrepreneurship and all of these different topics. Every single time that I transitioned, I tended to erase my email newsletter list and start over because I figured that people wouldn't want to transition with me. And I think that was a mistake because I could have just let people evolve with me organically. You know, if you're not interested in creativity and entrepreneurship, you could have just unsubscribed, right? If you're not interested in following me from creativity and entrepreneurship into parenting and faith, I'd probably, I, yes, a lot of people would unsubscribe, but I could have just let that happen naturally. And I preempted that by doing it myself. And I think that that was a mistake. But anyways, there's this quote by an author, Jen Hatmaker, that I really wanted to share in this episode, because she says the following. You are not required to save the world, or anyone for that matter, with your art. It isn't valuable only if it rescues or raises money or makes an enormous impact. It can be simply for the love of it. That is not frivolous or selfish in the slightest. If the only person it saves is you, that's enough. And that quote gave me so much peace. 
because it reminded me in particular of this one project that I have been working with my friends on, on and off for a few years now. I think it's been three years. It's called Everyday Salt. And to give you a backstory on Everyday Salt, it's a project that I run with my friend Antonella and my friend Consuelo. Antonella and I take turns writing and Consuelo does artwork for the project. And what we do is, or what we did, was that we would choose a line of scripture and we would reflect on it. And Consuelo would create some kind of artwork. Sometimes it was hand lettering. Sometimes it was brush lettering. Sometimes it was just watercolor. And it was beautiful. And we emailed it out to whoever was interested. And we just had fun with it and got to know scripture better. And it was kind of a just a personal scripture reflective practice for us. And it was a good time. We've kind of put it on hold because life happens. It'll probably come back at some point. But what reminded me about Everyday Salt, about this quote, is that no matter what happens with Everyday Salt, Everyday Salt kind of saved me. You know, it wasn't for anybody else. And I'm sure, and I have a lot of people who talk to me about Everyday Salt all the time. We started it in the holiday season. This, we, I think we ran one line of scripture with a reflection on it with its artwork every day of December, I think three years ago. So the holidays kind of brings it back for people and I get questions about it from time to time if we're going to keep going and stuff like that. But while I'm glad that it helped other people, it really did just save me, you know, and the friendship that blossomed from it is something that's beautiful. I've been friends with Antonella and Consuelo for a long time, years, very close friends, but Everyday Salt brought us even closer. And if you could only take a peek into our Everyday Salt WhatsApp group between the three of us, our group chat, it's, it's really full of not just Harry Styles jokes, but <laughs> those are courtesy of moi, of course. But it's really full of unconditional love. And it's a place that, you know, we can hop on and send a voice note to our, you know, two other friends and receive unconditional support and love when things are hard and cheering on when things are good. You know, it's a beautiful space and I'm so grateful for it. So this project, while it was a beautiful piece of art, it was wonderful to work on and hopefully will continue in the future. It's not for anybody else, but more than for us. And I think that that's, it's kind of beautiful. And Everyday Salt is also another wonderful example that I don't mean by all of this about being your true self and bringing your true self to your work and to your life, that I don't mean paid work. Everyday Salt didn't pay us a dime. We did it for the love of it. My photography, you know, don't think that I'm like rolling in the dough because of it. I do it because I love it. This podcast, same thing. When I say work, your life's work, I don't mean work that pays you. I know stay-at-home moms who stay at home for the love of their children and because they feel passionately about it. I know moms who go to work and love their jobs and they do that. I mean, I know people who dedicate their lives or the majority of their lives to helping the poor for not a cent. All of it is their life's work because they feel passionate about it. Work is work. Laundry is work. Forecasting next quarter sales is work. Managing a team is work. Managing children's lives is work. It's all work. It's what we do with our lives, with our hands, with our feet, with our minds. And work is set by intention, not by how much money you make. 
So I've been wondering lately, you know, am I bringing my truest self to my work and to my life? Are you? A few months ago, I read the book, The Prophet by Khalil Gibran, and I, and I talked about it here on the podcast. There's this one part that really resonated and made me think of this whole topic. And in this chapter, Khalil Gibran writes, your reason and your passion are the rudder and the sails of your seafaring soul. If either your sails or your rudder be broken, you can but toss and drift or else be held at a standstill in mid-seas. For reason, ruling alone, is a force confining, and passion, unattended, is a flame that burns to its own destruction. Therefore, let your soul exalt your reason to the height of passion, that it may sing, and let it direct your passion with reason, that your passion may live through its own daily resurrection, and like the phoenix, rise above its own ashes. But it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to balance reason and passion. First of all, passion is this whole thing that, you know, our society loves. What is your passion? What is your passion? What is your passion? And I've talked about it on a previous episode, episode 22, to be specific. You know, that sometimes a question like what breaks your heart is more helpful to finding out what your passion is in life, right? But reason, like he wrote in The Prophet, uh, Khalil Gibran says is is also very important so that your passion doesn't go unguided, you know, and, and in his words, he says, a flame that burns to its own destruction, right? So you, you need both. And it's hard to figure out what that both means. And I'm not here to try and help you figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life. What I'm here to ask you is, are you bringing your truest self to what you do, paid or unpaid, right? Lily Tomlin once said, if you win the rat race, you're still a rat. And I found that so funny because I started off this entire episode by saying that I would consider myself a failure as a mother if my children had to, you know, succumb to the system or the man, you know, to, to feel like they were a success. But the truth is that a lot of us do it, you know, and, and this is not to say that we should all ignore industry and what most people would consider the rat race you know, in our societies outright. Some people truly enjoy the activities that most people would consider the rat race. I mean, there have to be people in the, within the financial industry who feel as passionately about finance as I do about this podcast. For those people who feel it in their hearts that they're, that is their life's truest calling and they are bringing themselves to that work regardless of the money and the acclaim, then by all means. You know, just yesterday I read an article about how the CEO of Goldman Sachs loves his job, but he's also very much himself and that his side job or, you know, what he does on his spare time, he's a DJ. And he decided that, why not am I going to do this? Why would I not do this? Nobody would expect a CEO to be a DJ and to be, you know, clubbing in Vegas and Miami and playing sets but then again, nobody would tell a CEO not to play golf, right? So why not? And I find that so interesting. I'm a big fan of that. They are not all rats that are in the race. Those people are not rats in the race. But there are more people who feel called to do that type of work for the money and the acclaim and that do it for what other people would describe as success. 
those, yeah, they might be rats in the rat race, trying to get ahead in someone else's game. And the same goes for unpaid work, staying at home, volunteering your time for the underprivileged, going to church. It's a rat race if it isn't your own journey, something you do because it lights you up inside. You know, Bill Taplin once said, what a terrible waste of a life it is to always take the easy path, to never know what it is to risk everything for what you love. And please don't take this as a criticism of our lives. It's more an invitation to reconsider our choices and our intentions. Now, I'll give you an example from my own life. People want me to do marketing stuff. Companies want me to do marketing stuff. I receive calls and requests for it all the time. But it doesn't light me up. But I'm good at it. I can whip up a beautiful Squarespace website in half a day or less while it takes others weeks or months to get it looking just right. What I truly feel passionate about is this stuff that I'm doing on the podcast, hopefully somehow helping to alleviate some kind of suffering and helping people emotionally, right? Spiritually. In both areas, marketing and faith-related personal development, there are so many other people already doing this. There's so many people doing marketing work and there's so many people talking about parenting, faith, spirituality on the interwebs. Like, do you not know Oprah, right? Like, who am I <laughs> compared to Deepak Chopra and Oprah, you know? Joel Olstein, for that matter. These people have incredible reach, so why do I even bother? But there's something about the mix of my own personality and my own voice and my own skills that brings something else to the table that other people don't. Now, I'm never going to compare it to an Oprah, but there's somebody listening out there. I run into you from time to time. And, and thank you for the encouragement. And I love the emails. <laughs> so I reach people that may not be reached by other voices already out there. You know, there's a bunch of books about personal development. And, you know, there's gurus like Tony Robbins. And I always tell my friends, I'm like, some people love Tony Robbins. Other people can't stand that tone, that voice. Other people love Gary Vee, Gary Vaynerchuk, who's been around since the beginning that I, when I got into this. Other people can't stand him. So there are different voices that reach different people. And I might as well throw my hat in the ring and hopefully, you know, serve somebody that way. With marketing, I'm here in Nicaragua, and I can reach companies here, brands here. I mean, even if I don't really want to. <laughs> and the podcast, also, I'm here in Nicaragua. So some people just haven't discovered those other voices yet, and I'm the first one. Or they like my unique style and what I have to say for some reason. Either way, I have to bring my truest self to all of it. Because if I don't, then what am I doing? Imitating what I imagine what other people want me to be? Life's too short for that. And on top of that, I'm way too exhausted for that. I can't guess what other people want me to be. It's exhausting. Isn't it more efficient and obviously more beautiful if I'm who God made me to be? Logistically and spiritually speaking, I'm all in. You know, I live in Nicaragua. If I decided to run the Nicaraguan rat race to fit into what people here expect me to be, my life would be way different than it is today. I wouldn't be putting out this podcast. I wouldn't have written articles for the last 10 years. I wouldn't have been, you know, a public speaker. I'd basically have to shut up and not stand out. 
I'd be a stay-at-home mom that maintains an impeccable household and runs her kids to 101 after-school activities. I'd have no real conversation other than that about plates and interior decor. I mean, maybe I'm being judgy here, but homies, that ain't me. All the power to those who feel passionately about living a life like that. There's nothing wrong with it. As long as they do it because they truly love it. But I have an opinion and I have a mission and it would take an incredible amount of effort to squash that and to kind of push it down. You know, everybody knows I'm a huge fan of Harry Styles. Like, he's my boyfriend. And so there's, you know, a few days ago there was an interview. Harry Styles came out. Who am I kidding? It came out yesterday and I watched the whole thing, the whole 15 minutes of it, because that's who I am. And I'm a huge Harry Styles fan. And in the interview, he talks about redefining success for himself because he's putting out his second album. And to summarize this 50-minute interview for you, there was a part in it where he shares that he was feeling anxious about putting out this second album and feeling pressured for a commercial success and all that stuff. And one of his friends told him, you know, if, if what you're doing makes you happy, then nobody can say you're not successful. And that really resonated with him. And I, that really resonated with me because for a long time I've believed in that, right? Like I do this because it makes me happy. I put out these podcast episodes because they make me happy. But at the same time, there's always a little voice, right? In the back of your head that's saying, what are people thinking of you? And while it's not other people's judgment that matters, what happens is it squashes me creating and us, you know, all of us creating what we truly want to create and putting our real true selves out there into our art. What would this podcast be if I didn't talk about Harry Styles and all the times I've gotten sick and the funny things that my kids do and all the things that make me who I am, you know? It is who I am, and it would be false if I tried to put up some other fake persona for you. And when you think about the art and the shows and the interviews and the podcasts that you love to listen to and the writing and all of this stuff, the movies, documentaries that you really enjoy, I promise you that they are the ones that have the most personality infused in them. Nobody wants to watch robots. You connect with real people. So put your real self into your work. That is my invitation to you. Is it scary? Yeah, sometimes. But you know what? You're not the only one. Now I'm here talking about Harry Styles and star, blue star sunglasses and, you know, Lots of embarrassing things on this podcast. I've even told you about my hyperemesis gravidarum and my post-weaning depression and all the times I go to therapy and how I love Freddie Mercury. I mean, this is Marcella rolled in, into audio transcripts, right? So I invite you to do the same today. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you will join me over on Instagram to join the conversation. My handle on Instagram is Kin the Studio, and I also just started sending out a weekly newsletter called Kindred Spirits. I send it out every Sunday, and it's basically, you know, again, as always, a newsletter on the intricacies of the human heart, you know, a curated mix of practical and inspiring links. 
about faith, relationships, spirituality, parenthood, and more. The thing is that I love to read and listen to stuff and educate myself. And I thought to myself, why not share the brain food and the heart food, right? So you'll receive examples like, you know, inspiring books, thought-provoking articles, uplifting or educational podcast episodes, useful items for the home and for the heart, children's books, stuff like that. Stuff that I'm loving, I'll share with you every Sunday. Short, sweet, and to the point. So I hope you'll join Kindred Spirits. If you visit my website at marcella.co, M-A-R-C-E-L-L-A dot co, you'll find a link to Kindred Spirits. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to episode 31. If you know somebody who might enjoy the episode, I hope you'll share it with them. And I hope you have an awesome day. And I hope you'll bring your true self to the table. This is your host, Marcela, signing off.